This is the fear of science. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to The Fear of Science, the show that dives into the wide world of science topics and science-adjacent topics to demystify, debunk, and delight. Each show features a new science fear with special guests and more surprises along the way. I am Daniel Chai. And I'm Jeff Porter. And today we are here at the beautiful Vancouver Public Library Inspiration Lab to talk about uh, a very important subject, and that is, of course... The fear of masculinity. masculinity. Now, joining us here, uh, we do have some special guests, and uh, there are a number of them, so let's get right into meeting them. Who do we have? Oh, that's me. Um, <laughs> I'm the GMTM. Uh, I, run, uh, I run multiple streams and podcasts online, and I have a Dungeons & Dragons drag queen show that I run in Vancouver once a month. Nice. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, I'm Dale DeRuder. I don't do anything nearly that interesting. Uh, me and the not-mentioned-yet co-special uh, guest Derek Bolin host Outrage Factory Podcast. Uh, I'm a welder, so I guess I'll try to bring that to the topic. Great. That's all we ask. Uh, spoiler alert, I'm I'm Derek Bolin. Thanks for giving away my identity. Yeah. Uh, I co-host Outrage Factory, which is a podcast with that guy, Dale yeah. DeRuder. Uh, and I'm assuming I was brought on this uh, in defense of toxic masculinity. I was a little concerned at first. I was like, am I the toxic one? Or So it's an interesting point, actually, because um, I think with pretty much all the episodes, when I book the guests, I don't necessarily want um, an argument. Um, I don't tend to get the polar opposite opposites of each opinion um, and especially for this episode um, I struggled a lot with trying to figure out who to get on the show um, I didn't really want to get an expert in I don't even know how you'd get an expert in toxic masculinity just so be a jerk pretty yeah. Much. yeah yeah exactly players. <laughs> yeah. yeah men's rights activists yeah yeah, yeah exactly on Twitter <laughs> I just don't want to hang out with those people as well yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah spend two minutes on Twitter yeah. and you'll find them um, but uh, yeah so I, I just wanted to kind of get some some cool guys that are interesting uh, to sit around and talk about masculinity and you guys are good enough are yeah. they waiting we're good enough, yeah, we're good enough. <laughs> That's all I can ask for. Some cool guys. Yeah. Good enough. All right. Yeah, I was, I was, I was waiting for it. It's like, he's not just going to call us cool. Leave it. Well, well, I think that's also a good point, Jeff, is that, um, you know, I think uh, the, the concept of masculinity uh, is something that I think, you know, all, all types of men and all background of men, uh, you know, have to you know, uh, discover for themselves and face uh, and and uh, grow into, learn to grow out of, you know, I, I think the concept of masculinity is something that, like, I myself personally have uh, grappled with at times. Uh, sometimes, like, you know, almost just, like, very figuratively just grappling with this idea of what does it mean to, to be masculine, what does it mean to be a man, and, you know, what does it mean to uh, to be a toxic masculinity person you know, yeah. as well? So, well, yeah. what masculinity is has changed a ton over the last even twenty five years, right? right? Like, or the last two years, or yeah, yeah. in the last two years. But in the last twenty five, we've gone from like the very, well, I guess, thirty now, but still, in in we went from like the Magnum PI kind of like very well. You did. You went Absolutely. from like the hairy chest, the butch kind of like mm -hmm. you know big mustache. Then you went to more the Leonardo DiCaprio pretty boy. And Matt Damon's, and then now we're kind of in this weird halfway in between both, where you have all the Chris's from Marvel, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, 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 like, so the right. idea of what masculine right. is is completely different than what even just in our in our formative years is different than what it was for most of our parents' oh, years right. and most of our grandparents' years, and like it had a very sort of defined thing over the last hundred years and then it's changed a lot in the last 30 yeah and now we're kind of in this big mess where no one really knows which direction it's going at least from my point of view anyways like I feel like it's a super interesting time right now to to be a man I guess because you even look at like these really traditional gender roles that existed until very recently where it's like the man was the primary breadwinner in the house he was like the the ruler of the household and you had very clearly defined men act this certain way women act this certain way 
uh, and there wasn't a lot of wiggle room or, or room for individuality there. And this feels more like we're, we're getting there, but this is more the era of the individual. Like whatever you want to do, yeah. you, you carve your own path, you make your own way. Uh, it feels like that's kind of what we're shifting towards now, but uh, it's it's really upended a lot of those traditional gender norms for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's um another weird thing too is, like Tim mentioned, all the Chris's in the Marvel. Like it's like, it's become like in in uh, I guess popular culture right now. It's like every guy is just so ripped and muscular, but at the same time they're so like I guess emotionally evolved Sensitive. that yeah they're yeah. like both ends of the spectrum from like say the 60s where you had the dweebs and the tough guys and now they're kind of bunched together where it's like you can be anywhere in between so it's kind of a t-shirt that says vulnerability is strength right yeah right I didn't exactly. even notice. That. Visual. That's great. That's yeah. <laughs> I did it specifically for this. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. It's, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So um, now, uh, uh, you know, we we've been talking about you know uh, the the past and the present. Like, I guess uh, not that we're able to um, you know come up with the answer now. But so, if we were to define masculinity in like one sentence, what what would that be? Unnecessary. Mm. Well, I can't follow that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Don't look at me. <laughs> I think that it I think yeah. that it should be dropped all together. I mean, the mm-hmm. whole concept of masculine and feminine is completely ridiculous when it comes to social aspects. Like there's there's definitely like biological differences and that's fine. I'm not going to say that there's not I'm not naive, mm-hmm. but at the same time, those biological differences don't always match what the brain chemistry is, too, right? right. Which is why yeah. we have gender uh, reassignment, right? So, I mean, the idea that that masculinity is tied to all of these things or needs to be is completely obscene to me. It's like boy boys used to wear blue, and then before that, it was pink. No one really talks about that because one right. supermarket decided, hey, we want to sell more blue. That's literally how it happened. Yeah. So now blue is associated with boys, pink is associated with, associated with girls. Yeah. Like, and it's weird, too, because pink is, like, just universally known as kind of like a happy color, and blue is a sad color. So just expecting all the males, I guess, to be sad so that they're, like, this gender assigned color is so kind brooding. of awkward. Yeah. 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 Well, and depressed, and then they're not allowed to talk about their, their yeah. emotions. Yeah. Because that's, that's the flips. Uh, that's the other side of uh, masculinity yeah. is you're not allowed to show weakness. You you have to put on a strong front, and you don't feel emotions. Yeah. Except for anger. That one's okay. You yeah. guys have, like, hit on 90% of my research already. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> one thing that I found interesting. Um, so normally in each episode, we start off with um, why do people fear? this thing i think with masculinity it's kind of an abstract thing to to talk about it's difficult to be Mm -hmm. like well why do people fear masculinity um but i did find out that fear of masculinity is an actual fear it's an actual phobia it's called uh phallophobia Um, (laughs) yeah phallic yeah and uh originally it meant uh fear of penises um, mm-hmm. But now it means fear of assertiveness and aggression uh, and mm-hmm. also fear of men. So I find it really interesting that though they're the two words associated with a phobia, that to be a man, you are aggressive and you are assertive. And those are the definition of man. Um, but yeah, I think it's amazing that the things are starting to change now. And I think gender stereotypes are really what's wrong with the world right now in a way um mm-hmm. well part, part of, of part of it <laughs> it's not the only <laughs> thing wrong with the world, with the world. no i'm pretty <laughs> sure that will fix everything <laughs> yeah well that would fix a lot like when you kind of think about it that is one of those kind of core social constructs that we've got then we keep hanging on to that if we got rid of that that would change a lot of how we see the world mm-hmm. yeah especially absolutely. north american culture right because uh, uh you know looking at your research jeff uh, my research uh, yeah now, uh, you know, left c- out with this research. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't feel bad. I never give any of our guests we're research. Going like, we're going like what we think. Yeah. yeah. Okay, sure. Yeah. Well, Off the cuff. Uh, uh, you know, uh, the traditional traits of, of masculinity, you know, uh, as well as being, you know, uh, um, 
you know, there are, of course, the negative ones like being, uh, you know, aggressive, uh, which, you know, some people may say can be a positive one. You know, being masculine can also mean, you know, being being strong, being being courageous, uh, being the one to stand up for for a cause, being the one who, who you know, being the one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is there, you know, is it perhaps a, a time where we don't just lump all these things together, but start to realize that, oh, these traits can be used for everyone, not just for men, not just in masculine terms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think as well that, um, like, I love feminism, and I think that um, feminism has done a really great job of empowering women and and getting that message out that women um, can be strong and women can be assertive, and that's okay. But I think on the other hand, we don't do the opposite for men. We don't say to men, it's okay to be weak. It's okay to to not take the lead on things, to allow other people to take the lead. No, we absolutely don't. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Like, um... One of the problems, I guess, for me, uh, the way I think about it is toxic masculinity pretty much stems from males growing up and not really coming to terms with their feelings and learning how to express what they're feeling inside. So they slip into those gen- those stereotypes like they're quiet, they don't talk about their emotions, and then they turn aggressive because, like, one of the things... Um, that I learned about because I used to do uh, anger management for little kids and one of the things you teach them is that when they're frustrated because they don't understand something or they feel like they don't have a voice in what's happening around them their frustration turns to anger and they act out mm-hmm. and it's it seems like such a simple like two-step process but a lot of the toxic masculinity I, I was talking about before like I just wanted to point out that I feel like it comes from that really never being addressed and then you just get to adulthood and maybe you didn't really have a situation where you had to come to terms with this and then Mm -hmm. it just can like explode in like your everyday life yeah i think we also society encourages it society like um there was uh the whole the gillette commercial Mm -hmm. from not too long ago um i love that commercial it it made me cry like i thought it was beautiful and I know there's the whole argument of like, yeah, it's a corporation that's using this topic to to sell razors or whatever. But I think we need more corporations like that, especially the the subject of toxic masculinity, um, to bring it out into the open because men don't talk about it. And that's part of the reason I want to talk about it with all the people in this lovely room. And with the Gillette commercial specifically, like I saw it and I was like, oh, that's good. And then there was just this fervor online about everybody getting upset and I was like that's just more proof that we yeah, need that more totally validated like, like the, the need for the commercial yeah. and the message they were spreading so yeah I am um, I got into I don't I try to avoid the Facebook arguments um, or it's pretty wise to avoid those. <laughs> I just, yeah and I just don't comment on people's things anymore because mm-hmm. I'm just like oh it's not worth it um, but with that commercial I had to say something because there was a guy going off mm-hmm. on it being like well what's the point of this it's not going to be changing people who are toxic men they're not it's not going to change their mind they're going to be toxic and I'm like yeah but it's not about the toxic men it's about all the other men it's about about us when we see that to be like hey that's not cool like mm-hmm. don't do that and stand up and and stop right. it but do we do that so i like, don't I and i say, i has, want has to. anyone in this room actually done it i think i've done it maybe once but it was a bully situation more than a masculinity situation and yeah. i'm saying that just kind of like admitting that to myself right? yeah like i don't i, I honestly don't and i've been in cars when my friends have been like catcalling random right? women and right. and uh i i definitely haven't stood up for it I mean, I haven't, like, stood up and ripped off my shirt and said, you got to stop this now, but... Why like, you I rip s- off your shirt? Yeah. That well, that sounds like masculinity. Yeah. Well, Come you got you to out-masculine the toxic oh, masculinity. Oh, it's like a pound on chest. Well, I mean, thing. like, <laughs> I have stood up to people just been like, what you're saying is bad, you're being a bigot. But it wasn't, like, a grand gesture, and I didn't, like... I just mostly don't want it to sound like I'm bragging. Because yeah, everybody's yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. I don't say it. But it's like as a welder, I run it. I work with a lot of like 18-year-old to 24-year-old guys straight out of high school who right. haven't really – They the big thing is they none of them go to college really. So they're not used to that university lifestyle where they're like taught like 
social justice and acceptance of all these other lifestyles and such. So they come there and they're not really up to date with social standards on like what's okay to say to other people. Right. So can I ask you, do do you actually like make an effort to, um, I guess, recondition? Like if you hear something from those younger kids, do you actually say, hey, look, like when you're working for me, that's not cool? Or do you let them go? Because I think that's one yeah. of the key problems that we have. Not like you're yeah. not a problem. No, I understand. Like, <laughs> <but> <laughs> you're the problem. No, no, no. But it is, it is kind of that scenario, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I was talking about where we don't actually do anything, right? Like we yeah. all know it's an issue, but 18 to 24 is one of those key years. Yeah. Your brain hasn't finished formulating yet, right? Like mm-hmm. you know you can still soak it in and you know you can modify it, but your scenario is what kind of guides what you're doing, right? Like Yeah. So... Well, I kind of, I don't say that's not okay, you can't work here, mainly because if I was in charge of firing everybody, I would totally take too <laughs> much advantage of it, <laughs> and, but mostly I kind of do it through humor, like um, like if a guy says something bad, I'll be like, oh, do you get a lot of good meat being a caveman? Right. And like I, I approach it like that, and then I kind of let it go too, because another thing about these guys is... They sometimes they don't even really know it's bad. So if you just rain down on them too much, it kind of has the opposite effect right. where they kind of be like, oh, why are you being so mean to me? It's like yeah. everybody feels like this. And then they start like make it their hill to die on. Right. So you kind of just like, it sounds terrible, but you kind of just take bet pot shots at them until they kind of learn it for themselves. Mm-hmm. Like squirting a cat with the water. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like cool. he, it's more of a coaxing yeah. than a teaching. Well, and I think that yeah. it, it can be that simple to an extent. You don't need to to stand up on a soapbox mm-hmm. and be like, "This, this is horrible," and and give a history lesson on it. Yeah. You could just be like, "That's that's not cool." <laughs> like, like don't, yeah. don't say that. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a really hard thing to do. And one of my I hate New Year's resolutions, but one of the things I would like to improve on in this year is to say things more often and Mm -hmm. and not to just be that bystander um, in whatever situation, whether it's racist, whether it's homophobic, whether it's whatever the situation is. I just want to be like that, that voice. So I think people just need to stand up more. Right. And uh, I think, you know, uh, I think not only just standing up for other people, but I think also standing up for ourselves too. Mm -hmm. It's true. Uh, You know, uh, I think that, Oftentimes, you know, in my mid thirties, as a as an adult male, cis male, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, going back to my my topic of uh, of grappling with like my own masculinity, I think you know there are definitely times when I feel the need to um, to to fit in. Right to yeah. it, depending on the situation, I feel the need to fit in. I need to be more masculine in a situation. Um, uh, not not so much say now, but you know, even say five years ago, you know, the need to say be a little bit more masculine, uh, to to uh, to go along with the guys and and talk about not you know not even necessarily about like women, but even talking about like say like sports or talking about like sex in general and feeling the need to be to be one of the guys and to be you know. Uh, you know, yeah, like even like say back in high school, it's like, oh, oh, whoa, you you haven't had sex yet. You're not a not a real man, yeah, right? Yeah. Or uh, uh, oh, you're you're, uh, you know, oh, you're you're hanging out with the nerds. Oh, you're not a real man. Right? Yeah, uh, being a real man, that is definitely something that. Uh, you know, like man up, be 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 a man. <laughs> yeah, it's very. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's stuff that I think I and I think you know men have to like kind of work on themselves before they can start outwardly being also better to other people. I think it's this giant pedestal that we we tend to put the word masculinity or manhood on um, that we're trying to achieve. I know for me, um, when I was in high school, I had a, a horrible time in high school because I was not manly. I And to this day, I still, I don't like sports. I don't like sports at all. Um, but, uh, but all the kids used to call me gay, which I always found kind of interesting because I never found it to be an insult. I was just like, mm. I guess, yeah, technically I do fall into every 
every stereotype of a gay man. I just am not sexually attracted to men. And I feel like that's a pretty important <laughs> that's, part that, of it. That's, our, that's a requirement, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, From someone who is gay, yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like, I, I love to draw. I love to, um, you know... I, I hated sports and and I hated I wasn't very assertive I was very much a loner um, and yeah it just but for a long time I struggled with that and I would pretend to be into sports and be like oh yeah how are the Jets doing the, the with the, team? with the scoring of points <laughs> yeah. I mean Dale and I got that but I feel like growing up in small town BC like gay was just like the default insult mm, for yes, yes. uh <laughs> but like again we were we were more what like artsy artsy kind of guys yeah like, like yeah like drawing and like jeff said doing art stuff and then like dressing up for like i don't know like just dressing up as women just because you felt like it one I day i was the only school. person in my high school who cross-dressed as a woman on cross-dressing day, which, oh. small town BC, why would you have that? That's right. like a trap. <laughs> I think, yeah, that That's was probably, yeah. <laughs> that's the cool kids are like, man, this will be hilarious if we get one guy. And they're like, they just told everybody not do it. But yeah, like, oh, sorry. Yeah, like Derek was saying, in high school, we both did get called gay. And like you said, you're like, well, I'm kind of missing that one only part of that that matters yeah. really so so for you two uh, and for you as well tim uh was there you know like was it high school that we that we all started to feel the the need the pressure to be masculine or was it even you know earlier in elementary school like where 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 you know for and and of course realizing that now kids nowadays do you think kids get it worse and earlier or is it better, but still worse, but like, in, or later? Where Where is it? I feel like it, it starts very early on. So I have a, a five-year-old son, um, and just having to kind of watch my behavior with him because uh, he's a kid, like, he loves, he loves princess shit, he loves pink stuff, and just, like, encouraging that in him instead of being like, no, like, pink is for girls, blue is for, for boys, and, like, really, like being a hardliner about those those gender norms uh and then giving him uh you know letting him know it's it's okay to express emotions which is something that we're like very uh very aware of and like let him know that it's okay to cry and it's okay to get upset about things great uh, is uh, huge but like more parents like that <laughs> but like a lot a lot of parents don't do that and it is you know entrenched in those kids at a really really early age that like i'm not allowed to express my emotions it's not safe for me to do that i have to like boys don't cry yeah boys Mm -hmm. have to like sports boys have to girls can play with dolls boys aren't allowed to do that um so i think it starts really early on uh and i think it's something that a lot of parents need to to kind of like open their minds to and and let their kids develop the way they need to the problem is trying to like how so you brought it up with the guys that are coming to weld with you yeah. you brought it up with your parenting even without realizing I think but you you can't if you don't know something you can't know it right yeah. so right. so there's no way like it was uh, I'm gonna be like nerdy with my university it was like <laughs> <laughs> look at Mr. Educated guy yeah I'm that guy so I, I I'm, I'm and I'm probably gonna get it wrong but I'm pretty sure it was Plato and he he did a big it was one of his biggest demonstrations, and it was the fact that people expected somebody else to know something. And it's like, well, if if I have a slave who doesn't know anything, because it was Greece and they had slaves, <laughs> if, if I have a slave who doesn't know something, I can't expect them to know it. Uh, if I teach it to them, now they know it. Now they are more educated than they were before, right? So my my mom actually brought it up with me when we were talking. We, like, we, we were pretty, pretty close, and we get to, like, have those now adult conversations mm-hmm. about my childhood which is kind of cool right so uh, they didn't know like you don't know what you're doing you have no idea what you, you're a parent you know you no, have no freaking yeah, clue yeah. idea what you're doing <laughs> you you take a few guesses some get really right some you get really wrong and they had only what they had learned right so coming out of the 40s and 50s and 60s for our parents would have been like 
hyper masculine because yeah. that's when that that's when that mom dad 2.2 kids didn't spot the dog all started like that mm-hmm. was the late 1940s right that was right. it all began then and 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 the idea of the man's man even translated into how we read history right like which is not entirely accurate right mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. yeah yeah, and I think you're right. I think that, um, yeah, we the our parents had that so just drilled into their their heads, and the way we were raised was because of that. But I think our generation now that we're getting the point that the the millennials are starting to to raise children because we're all kind of millennials and the next one why whatever it is. I don't know, I don't know. Dull. whatever you want to call <laughs> it. I think uh, we're all millennials. I'm a millennial yeah. when it suits my purpose. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, I think that the. So since we've grown up a large amount of our lives with the internet, um, that we've had just this wealth of information uh, mm-hmm. to help guide us in multiple directions. We know that... <laughs> yeah, multiple directions, <laughs> both good and bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah that's true. But but we have that that online um, database that we can we can find alternates. But like, yeah, like you said, there's there's a negative as well. You were asking about, though, where it starts. And I yeah. think that it starts with, like, it starts, like, very, even earlier than probably five. Because yeah. your, does your kid watch TV? Yeah. There you go. That's where it's starting, right? <laughs> Knowledge like, Network. Yeah. No. <laughs> but yeah. And, and a lot of it is even, a lot of it is even, like, so we got to be really careful because we're not necessarily talking about just masculinity in general. We're talking about the toxic factor, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing necessarily wrong with, having a feeling of masculinity, I think. Mm-hmm. I think, I don't know. I might be wrong. But I think yeah. that if somebody wants to feel feminine or feel masculine, that's perfectly within their yeah, life. Absolutely. I agree with that. The problem is when it becomes a toxic scenario where they actually like instill it on everyone else regardless of whether or not you want them to or not, right? Yeah. Hence bullying. But the toxic factor might even come in in play in like inadvertent masculinity that's not even like supposed to be there like we talk about all the Chris's looking like ridiculously mm-hmm. ripped right. and that's now the idea of a man right like yeah but if you really think about it that's always been the idea of a man we've never had the dad bod be the idea of a man right? yeah like right. it's always been one the, day it, yeah it had a few <laughs> brief shimmering moments yeah, and, yeah. and there's always a glimmer and there's always someone right but even like there's a reason that the Drew Carey show was so significantly important and it was because somebody who was not your atypical perfect male no, figure right right but it was on tv and a major figure right like that was that was part of the reason he wasn't the side joke he wasn't the and the only other show i can think of that kind of claimed close to doing that was all in the family and that yeah. broke a whole bunch of barriers for a whole bunch of reasons right? i was gonna say yeah. according to jim but i mean even, <laughs> even even all in the family talk about toxic masculinity yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. and and how to combat it at the same time like that was that was literally a show about being toxically masculine and having it being put back on you all the time. Every yeah. single episode, Archie had to learn something new. Yeah, the yeah. funny thing about that show was it was actually written that Archie would be the bad guy and everybody was supposed to look at it and be like, look at this ridiculous man. Like, nobody's like this. But everybody just identified with him so hard that it became the focal point of the whole show. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So it kind of backfired on the writers then. Right. But at the same time, yeah. they did a good job. at. That's, I think, where it becomes important yeah. to make sure that you know, you learn your role and then modify it, right? Oh, yeah. So like, like, if, sorry, like if a guy is watching that and he's like, oh, if even Archie Bunker can learn, then so can I. Exactly, right? And take it upon yourself to Mm re-educate yourself a little bit. Ask that question. It's not a bad thing to ask questions, guys. Like, it's okay. But I'd like to imagine that a character like Archie would not fly nowadays. I think we've grown enough... That we wouldn't. Have you like, watched Game of Thrones? Yeah, 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 yeah. Game of Thrones, oh, even like Entourage, which was popular Entourage? like four or five. Or, what was it, four or five years? That was ago? At least ten, fifteen. Was it? But yeah. like that was that was something like those are mm-hmm. very toxically masculine. Yeah, and well, it was a very popular show with with our demographic at I f- least. Yeah, I feel like TV shows now are doing the valued thing where they're having toxic character, toxic masculine characters, but it's evident that that's wrong and they're bad for behaving that way. Right. And then they're using it to demonstrate it. Yeah. To um, show people... Well, try and teach people. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I kind of half agree with you. I think that some shows are, but then you have yeah. shows like uh, Big Bang Theory. Oh, yeah. 
right? <laughs> Probably my most despised TV show ever, yeah. and my roommate lives for it. I'm like, right. I don't get it. Not only do I find it offensive as a nerd, but yeah. like as a guy, right. uh, I am one of those guys. Yeah. I grew up one of those guys, and I still like like. Right. I, I get know actually I'm frustrated before. talking about yeah, it. It's yeah. like that show is kind of like the reverse. That that takes masculinity and effeminates it to the point where it becomes toxic. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's it's such a bad thing for any of those guys to display any masculine qualities because God forbid a nerd do that, right? Yeah. Like so yeah, sorry, I kind of went off on a tangent. Yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> the, the the idea of like modern TV always yeah. having a point, I don't think it does. I think it's fluke shows like Star Trek mm-hmm. Discovery. Yeah, such a good job at doing that, right? Yeah, like putting yeah. somebody, a uh, person of color and a woman in the lead. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Thank you. It's about damn time. Yeah. Right? So, um, uh, so uh, as well as TV shows, um, you know, definitely a lot of we get a lot of our identity and our personalities from from media. Uh, mm-hmm. And by the way, thanks again for listening to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, uh, as you mentioned, uh, definitely we can we learn from our our parents. Uh, I'm, I'm curious where where can men of of our age, our our generation. Where can we go? Who do we have that we can look to as, as you know, uh, being better examples of, of masculinity? I'm, I'm going to say something controversial. Probably the oh thing God. that... Uh, maybe it's not controversial. <laughs> <laughs> I built it up now. Why we're seeing the evolution, at least an influencing factor in the evolution of masculinity and it becoming more, less like I'm a man, is, is the divorce rate. Because I look at me and my three brothers, uh, my parents were divorced, and we were all we went and were raised by my mom and that like immediately from like age 14 to 18 when i moved out like my main influence in my life was my mom so i think i think if you want to learn about masculinity it doesn't necessarily have to be from a man i'm i'm going to say oh, it. like my mom yeah. like that. what it what it was to be like an, an independent and a thoughtful human being and that um, is a really great point yeah like i don't think you necessarily have to learn about masculinity or authenticity or being a stand up person from a male yeah 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 so yeah cuz again you know, these are the, the things that, yeah, because we're, we're, it's the de- def, um, trying to def, uh, change the definition or trying to put it into my brain that masculinity is not always toxic masculinity. Is I not, yeah. I don't think yeah. so. I agree with that because um, I find for myself personally, like, um, I'm going to bring up Joe Rogan because it's a podcast. You have to right. talk about Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he once said something. Please retweet us, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> On his podcast, he said that he has smashed juice inside of him, and if he doesn't get rid of it, he goes crazy. And the way he gets rid of this is he goes and works out super hard, and he's that's like, not what I thought you were gonna say. <laughs> he theoretically, yeah, I like, know where you it's were a metaphor, that. guys. He doesn't actually smash <laughs> he stuff, plays but Smash Brother, yeah, yeah obviously. And I feel the same way too because, like, I grew up on a farm or whatever, and I'm really into art and I like reading and all the nerd stuff. But at the same time, I have this smash juice inside of me that I have to get out so like I get it out at work like I light stuff on fire and I hit stuff with a hammer and it's all like super typical boy stuff but it's actually very cathartic to just I don't know like do something that's really hard and physical and then accomplish something and then be like, all right, I did that. I'd be curious to know if your research that you two did that we don't have. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'd be curious to know if it tied any connections between testosterone and masculinity. Oh, if I because would have done research about, on that, yes. It right, because right, you're talking about smash juice. Part two. And, yeah. I, and I'm wondering if that's a, that's a byproduct of males having more testosterone in our body. I should have come to you, Mr. University, before I said <laughs> yeah. smash juice. No, and you just said I testosterone. Liked, I actually like smash juice better. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought you meant more like, like a... Like a, like a like a conceptual thing, right? Yeah, <laughs> it, is, it is a conceptual but, thing. But it's like, yeah, I, like I, think, I wonder if that's yeah. what it is. I think all men have different levels of testosterone as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and I think, like, for me, um, I've never felt the need to get my smash and juice out before. Um, yeah. But I do, I do 
fully understand that feeling when it comes to creativity. Mm-hmm. Like if I if I'm not working on a creative project for a while, like I just moved and mm-hmm. I didn't have my studio set up yet, um, and I was starting to go insane that I didn't have any ability to do any painting or to 3D print something or to work on a costume, anything like that. Yeah, um, it's like, and that's I'm, my smash juice. Yeah, like it's exactly <laughs> the same thing. Like, because I I'm probably not 100% smash juice and not as much for you creative, but I feel them both. And if I don't get it, like my smash juice out, it's the same as not getting my creative juices flowing. Yeah. Like if I, like I do a lot of just drawing now, like I'll sit down and I'll just do some doodles and stuff just because if I don't, then it like, it just builds up and it's like, it's, it's weird. Cause you, it's hard to express, even though it's like super creative and you figure you would be able to, but it's like you feel backed up. And you're not necessarily exactly sure what's going on. And then once you draw something, you're like, oh, that's what it was. Yeah. I think, yeah. Like, first of all, kudos to everyone for all the juices flowing all over the place in this conversation. It's getting very moist in here. Oh, I think it's, uh, again, like, there's so there's masculinity, there's femininity. Those are both very constricting things. What you guys are talking about is just, like, every human being needs yeah. an outlet. Like, yeah. that, that's it. You need a way to express yourself, whether that's, like, going to the gym and, like, mm-hmm. punching a punching bag or... Hopefully not just Twitter. Or smash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. hopefully, like... Or or creating something or and whether you're like male or female or binary or non-binary or cis or trans or anything like every human being needs one of those outlets and I don't necessarily think that's that's not a constriction of, of masculinity only no but it's it's the current social construct of a definition of it that's what I'm that's what we're kind of talking about right like so they have an outlet but a lot of a lot of cis males only know that one specific outlet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gym, sports. Gym, yeah. sports. Right. Well, anyone, yes, anyone yeah. littler than me, anyone not the same as me, they're going to be my outlet or my target at my yeah. outlet. And a lot of lot of bros, like if I was to say to them that <laughs> I've got a studio set up in my apartment that I need to be creative in, like they wouldn't understand that. Mm-hmm. Tim, how long have you been a, a dungeon master? Um, uh, played and led D&D games. <laughs> so, like, doing what I do has only... I've only been, like... <laughs> I love saying this. I've only been a professional dungeon master for about a year and a half. Uh, but I've been playing D&D and other role-playing games right. for a long time. Right. Like, yeah. And, and, and you play with different, you know, different people, different backgrounds. All over the place. And actually, my favorite groups, my favorite groups, and I'm, I'm going to get in trouble for this. I don't even, I know I'm going to get in trouble. If any of my players listen to this, I'm in shit. <laughs> so, uh, sorry. <laughs> um, I... All women groups are the absolute best. Mm. All female groups are the absolute best groups to play with. If a dungeon master doesn't have one, find one, play with them. They're amazing. (laughs) They come up with the coolest things. And, like, yeah. Awesome. Now, uh, uh, so I guess this is now a a two-part question. So Uh say say if you um, have you noticed that in your time uh, with D&D, because in D&D you can take on these characters, you know, uh, really big characters, uh, you know, uh, violent orc characters, uh, and maybe that's a stereotype too. Uh, sorry <laughs> for all the okay. oh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. apologies. Oh no, fantasy, fantasy tropes exist for a reason. So yeah. yeah, there's orc wizards too. Orcs yeah. could be bards. <laughs> yes. Um, so, uh, um, have you noticed that for whether it's um, you know uh, uh, all genders, all types players have um, the characters that have been playing with you has the concept of how they how people play these big characters has the masculinity changed like do people still do people play like super violent you know like walk into a tavern and throw stuff and you know or um, has it changed now to uh, has it evolved to uh, to maybe a little more open minded way of playing D and D is that a yes on both so yeah you still have people play your like. I, I played a, a non-player character I introduced to my group, and it was probably the most successful. I don't even know how I did it. He was a bugbearian, so bugbear barbarian. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Name, Love it. Name was Mondo. Yeah. Mondo, always big and tough, but 
Mondo liked, he had a, he had, and I don't know how it happened, but Mondo ended up with a relationship with uh, the little halfling. Oh. The mm. half, uh, no, no a gnome, because that's even better, you know? <laughs> a gnome paladin. And so we had this gay relationship on our podcast, and, uh, and Mondo was this big badass who was like, smash good, and everyone's like, no, Mondo, don't smash. Okay. <laughs> oh, he's learning. I, yeah. I, I, he, he did change, but I mean, like, I built him to be like, Please tell me you've all seen Blazing Saddles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So Mondo, that yeah. was his inspiration, oh, nice. right? So, and and then he grew into something that was like bigger. Yeah. Right. Right. I had to give him an English accent at the end just to throw everyone <laughs> off. Wait, you're smart. Yeah. Hey, why yeah. But but for the 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 players who play with you now, um, they're all say, over. They're like all over yeah, sure. you have you have players who are. Like even the conventions I go to, so I go to conventions in the states. Um, I get to actually go to the D and D live in, in nice. May, um, and I even do D and D in a castle in Europe once a year, right? So I mean, like I see oh, players from all all wow, yeah. everybody yeah. just That's got amazing. so jealous. Yeah. 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 I am so jealous right now. So, yeah. Please leave. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Bye guys. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, so you get to you get to you get to see people from literally all over the world. Was the reason I brought it up, not to brag, no, right? Please. So and it was. I would say that a few years ago, you'd have your atypical stereo, your stereotypical player, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm here to smash things, I'm here to break things, I'm here to break the game. Right. And and in the last few years, the evolution of role playing itself has gone more narrative. So it's now more about a collaborative storytell and less about the player versus the dungeon master or the game mm-hmm. master, okay. right? So now we can all play whatever we want, tell a story, and try and figure out maybe a part of us that we don't know exists or that we want to figure out exists yeah. or that we're scared of that we want to maybe explore why, right? Like, so I've That's had people... That's me masculinity. Right. So, so <laughs> I mean, I think if you talk to your group and talk to your GM and said, look, this is something I really want to explore. Can I play a character? And make sure everyone's on board with it. Because if everyone's on board with it, now you've created a safe space to explore it, right? Yeah. Like, and that's kind of the key thing about removing toxicity from anything. Right. So as long as you have that safe space, and that's what most role-playing game groups should be. Right. Not uh, no should be. I hate should. Yeah. Yeah. It would be. It would be nice. It would be nice if all role-playing game groups had that component that they were all safe spaces. Um, You could even institute the X card. Like, and so if anyone feels uncomfortable, they raise the X card. You change topic. Yeah. Right. Like X card is a. If any of you role oh. play, it's bring it to your games. Me I and Derek are we have a D and D game, but it's been on hold for like six months, and then these are all very valid tips that we should take. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If we have to do it again, I didn't, I didn't even mean to have an uh, entire room of D and D. Just worked out that way. We're, we're dabblers, I would say at best. <laughs> we're no level of uh, professional DM here, but um, but yeah, that but uh, that's that's a really good uh, point about how. You know, I think, you know, and I hope it would, I hope that people who, who currently are, you know, toxic masculinists, um, hopefully maybe there's a small part in them that is still trying to figure out this stuff and they don't know how. And so, you know, giving the benefit of the doubt, hopefully one day they can meet the right person to, to give them a better example, to, to poke, you know, little holes here mm-hmm. and there while working on at the shop and uh, uh, and give them, you know, uh, hopefully one day they, they can look back and say, oh, what what I was doing was not best and now moving forward, I want to try and be better. Uh, yeah. I was just going to say, I think we've, <laughs> we've maligned online, um, not that much in this podcast, but we're always wanted to say how bad online communities are (laughs) (laughs) but this is a perfect situation it's almost ironic that like in the 90s online communities were a place for like nerds to go and meet other nerds and talk to them so if you if you are this person who feels like you're stuck like in a toxic masculine lifestyle you could just go online and kind of have like if you don't have any friends that are like like let you talk about your emotions around them and you like your friends so but you still need this outlet you can just go online and find like a i guess like a support group for the tough guys to talk about how they feel and stuff and i think think that would be a good place to start for anybody who feels like they want to 
kind of get out of the rut they're in and delve into it. I think a lot of because uh, I've actually tried to to do this. Um, I've done some artwork around toxic masculinity, and mm-hmm. when I was doing that artwork, I was like, I'd like to find a community. I would like to find more men like this to have these kinds of discussions. Um, so I started just Googling and trying to find these groups. And there's a lot of men's groups in Vancouver, but it's a minefield of whether it's encouraging about toxic masculinity <laughs> or trying to combat toxic yeah, masculinity. Right. And like, it just yeah, got, this is how we can be better humans versus, hey, we're getting left out. What's going on? Yeah, because there is a, the kind of man that, that is like, well, there's feminism. Why isn't there manonism or whatever the hell it is? Oh, my God, because every day is. It's the same <laughs> yeah. reason that I hear straight people. Why isn't there straight pie? Because you have the <laughs> other six, the 364 time, days. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. I'm uh, So I'm... I've been sober for three and a half years, um, and thank nice, you. Man. Uh, I'm trying to currently start a like sobriety community in Vancouver to yeah. kind of help people who don't awesome. feel like they fit into that like AA bucket or right. don't want to go to like a recovery center. Um, and you see these things popping up all over North America right now, but they're predominantly by women for women because right. women have a much easier time getting together and saying this has been my experience this is these are my emotions around that experience and being open and vulnerable with each other and it's kind of a nightmare right now trying to like start one and be like okay we want to have like dudes involved in this number one the women's groups don't want dudes involved because you involve dudes in any women's group and there's like going to be help. some inherently creepy people right yeah, <laughs> like, it's a dynamic yeah. shift yeah too, right? it is yeah. so yeah I, I feel like there is still a ton of work to do and dale made a good point about going online first is kind of like to to dip your toe in it because you can be anonymous there you can hide behind a username you can express mm-hmm. your true self you can be open and vulnerable but i think the single biggest thing any of us can do towards kind of reshaping masculinity and redefining it and and helping people you know, break those traditional roles is is just normal normalizing vulnerability for men. Mm-hmm. Like, this is my gym shirt. Yeah, it's, it's a great <laughs> shirt, and so I love is, it. So is the hot pink one. We got this. Yeah. Is I'm not gay. I'm super gay. <laughs> but like, yeah, just making it normal for for men to get together and talk about yeah. their feelings, talk about their emotions, talk about how things impact them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I recently went to, uh, uh, and by recently it was about a year ago. Um, I went to a workshop, and it was uh, uh, it was a workshop that had just a, a bunch of men, and we uh, and it was learning how you know we learned a little bit about toxic masculinity, and then we learned a little bit about um, about like how to just talk to each other and how to you know be there for each other. And unfortunately, I was only able to stay for like the first hour, but even then, I think a two-hour workshop was definitely not enough. Yeah. But um, but there was uh, one point during the workshop. Um, uh, a friend of mine, uh, the instructor got up to two people, and uh, uh, both friends of mine, and the instructor asked one of the, the uh, people to ask the other person just simply, you know, how was your day? What did you, what did you eat for dinner last mm-hmm. night? And, uh, uh, and there was a room of like, you know, 20, 30 guys, just all ages, all backgrounds, but um, uh, the one guy, when he asked the other guy, he, he, he started to cry. And it was because he had never been asked a wow. personal question. Oh, wow. and, and the energy in the room made us all realize that, oh, we, we, don't, we don't get asked that enough either and, <laughs> and that's the kind of stuff that we're craving right yeah, so we absolutely get, we get head nod yeah yeah the yeah. up head nod or the yeah. down head nod yeah uh, well i think we we have a lot of trouble communicating with each other um that we're we're raised our entire lives um to to not share emotions with other men because that's how you're emasculated and that's how you're like you put up all these walls. So right. mm-hmm. so being able to have everyone in this room here and openly being able to talk about it is amazing. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah. Uh, this feels really nice. 
Yeah. I've um, been best friends with this guy for what 20, 20 years. Yeah, and I don't the... I don't know if we've ever elevated our our relationship past like <laughs> ironic ironic humor. But, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Because of that because of that ability that ironic humor, I bet hit some really dark places that neither one of you could share with anyone else. Oh yeah, it's, 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 absolutely. Right. Yeah, that's, yeah. Well, that's, yeah. that's, that's our own form of, yeah, of yeah, vulnerability. Yeah. And it's still communication, right? Yeah. Although I do think that after this podcast, you guys should sit alone and really just open up to each just, other. Just yeah. yeah. Talk about for the next Marley, episode. Outrage factory takes a yeah. very different take. <laughs> yeah. Sadness factory, feelings yeah. factory. Yeah, feelings factory. Yeah. Vulnerability factory. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I almost hate to wrap up this uh, conversation because it's so good. Um, but I do need to wrap up the show eventually. So the last thing I do with every episode is I go to Twitter and I find out whatever the subject is. And I was expecting horrible things when I typed in hashtag masculinity but man there was some incredible stuff on there like I actually almost had trouble figuring out exactly what content it was um, but I wanted to be able to leave the show on a very positive note uh, from a Twitter story that I found um, so there was one called uh, in pink florals and short shorts uh, bad bunny champions new masculinity um, so I found out there's this um, he's Puerto Rican I believe uh, he's a rapper or a trance no trap I think trap is still rap anyways that made me sound very old. <laughs> I thought I was the suburban dad here. <laughs> what is this rap you speak Trap of? music? Yeah. <laughs> rap? I don't know. I'm going to research it. Anyways. Um, but no, he's uh, he's this rapper that's really trying to change the way we look at masculinity. Mm-hmm. He's a big fan of pink. He paints his nails. Uh, he's straight as well. Um, but he brings all of that kind of quote-unquote female um, imagery and and, I, and stereotypes into very stereotypical rap videos. Um, so things are changing, and things are, I think, getting better, I hope. Yeah, you know, uh, absolutely. I think it's that positive. I think it's also that positivity that I think we mm-hmm. we need and that as, you know, as, as men, you know, I think we, you know, uh, we need to be, better supporters of ourselves and, and of each other and and um, you know uh, I, I'm very lucky to have uh, not just you know masculine friends but also uh, female identifying friends who are also very who are also there for me if I need them uh, to support me as a person but also as a man mm-hmm. my brain is expanding <laughs> <laughs> I've grown just from this episode yeah, <laughs> yeah. wow but yeah that's but great. but that was an incredible conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I would like for to thank part of it, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah so it's great. For us. Yeah, and thank you for everyone for being on the show. Absolutely, and you know, I think if there's one takeaway that I uh, hopefully listeners of this or, or other podcasts that are talking about this, or if people you know just having similar kind of conversation with their friends at the bar or at at home or or on the bus, you know, I think it's um, I I think out of all the science topics, uh, this is. Uh, out of all the topics that we've covered, I think this is one that definitely I'm I'm hopeful that people keep talking about and keep you know okay. and keep listening to each other because uh, I, I I am hopeful too and I'm and I think I I think we need to be hopeful because the if we're not hopeful the world it's it's done we're oh, we're yeah. done yeah. right yeah. so yeah I think we really need to um, definitely be uh, 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 definitely keep the conversation going. Um, Share this, share yourself with each other, and be there for each other. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Great. Well, uh, thanks very much again to our amazing special guest. Uh, we have, of course, the GM Tim. Uh, so if you're looking for a D&D game, uh, check out. Oh, I uh, got a website, thegmtim.ca. And uh, the GM Tim on, like, all social media. I'm a complete, yeah, it's bad. Awesome. <laughs> and also find them in a castle. Uh, yeah. And when looking for more podcast delights, please check out. Uh, you can check out Outrage Factory. We are wherever you get your podcasts or at outragefactory.simplecast.fm. Dot com? Yeah, I think so. Google. Think, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, just yeah. Google just, Outrage Factory. We're, we're the angriest. I ones. still have to. I always put simple. I Google Simplecast 
Outrage Factory, and it comes up every time because I don't know the website. You just you're not a millennial anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess I, yourself as yeah. a boomer. <laughs> you Google websites, and of course, uh, definitely check out uh, Fear of Science and, and all of your favorite podcast distributors. And uh, of course, we're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And uh, definitely uh, stick around because there's lots more to come as well. Thank you very much. Talk again soon.